Welcome, disciple makers, and thank you for joining us. The Georgia Baptist Mission Board Discipleship Team, led by Scott Sullivan, exists to help churches take the next step toward becoming a healthy, disciple-making church. We've developed tools to help you, like the Watershed Principle, the Spark Conference. Access it today at thesparkconference.com. We're also setting up learning communities across Georgia. Find a community near you at gabaptist.org slash discipleship. Now let's join today's broadcast. Welcome to Georgia Baptist Discipleship, where we seek to bring you top discipleship practices, crazy cool innovations, and trusted disciple-making principles. Today I've got the Dr. P.J. Dunn on with us. He's our Northeast and Northwest Discipleship Consultant. And we've also got our Director of Communications, Scott Smith, with us. And we're going to be talking about some artificial intelligence. Some good, some negative, some cautions. You don't want to miss this. Make sure that you watch all the way through. Now, Scott Smith, that we affectionately call Smitty. Smitty joined our Georgia Baptist uh, Mission Board team back in 2012 after he had built a digital consultancy for churches and he'd been traveling, doing evangelism for 17 years. Well, his expertise in digital strategy, coupled with broad engagement with just lots and lots of churches, creating an understanding of what churches need to be effective using the digital platform. So you're going to be blessed. I know you will from what Scott has to share. And he, recently, Smitty, you had an article that you wrote on artificial intelligence, and I think it was shared over seven, over 678 times, something like that from your platform. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, it's great to be on with you guys. Um, I, I've always envied you at a distance watching you uh, pump out uh, these webinars week after week. And, uh, and now I'm actually honored to be a guest. I can't, I can't believe it. I, I, we love I know having you and uh, Lana Melton and guys like Ray Sullivan and specifically PJ Dunn on this broadcast are the reason that we're able to do that. So if y'all have accolades, well, send them to Dr. Dunn. He is, I just, I just, I just want to say affectionately about you guys. If anybody's watching this and wonders what artificial intelligence looks like, you've been looking at it week after week, but anyway, um, the <laughs> post you're talking about is actually, it wasn't an article. It was a video. I did a 20 minute. So, Okay. On the internet now, 20 minutes long form, right? That's not a quick video. Uh, and it, it went viral. I posted it in a couple of places. So if you go to the Georgia Baptist Mission Board page, there's the one that didn't go viral, but is there, where I break down in about 20 minutes about artificial intelligence that had just gone live, this chat GPT that we're going to talk about November 30th. So it was all brand new, and I saw it as a groundbreaking, earth-shaking innovation, and it is, and it's going to be. But I also posted a similar video about the same length, 20, 22 minutes on my, a lot of people that are watching this know I have a preaching ministry on the side as well and weekends and all that, been doing that for 30 years. So I put it on that page, which doesn't have a massive following, uh, but that one, for whatever reason, like PJ and I talk about the, the algorithms have a mind of their own and it just took off and it got shared a lot. So, so that one, um, I lost it. It had almost a thousand reactions. It had almost 700 shares, which shares are hard to come by. And then the, the comments were, were in the hundreds, uh, almost 300 comments. And so, and I interacted with a lot of those personally. And by the way, the overwhelming comments were fear-based. Uh, they were, they were concerns. They, they were, and, and my, my video was not that my video was more neutral in terms of, yes, there are benefits and there are threats. We're going to look at both. And so that's what we did. And that's what I want to do today 
so I, I know from experience, a lot of conversations are, are happening around AI, artificial intelligence, specifically ChatGPT, and the now hundreds of other products that are related to that and using that as, as their backbone for different innovations. It's not something I believe to be scared of wholesale. I believe it's something we need to interact with. It's going to bring a lot of benefits to our life. If you'd have told us, you know, in the early 90s, there'd be this thing called the internet and what it would do, we would have been scared of that, right? And we would have been like, you mean people can walk around with XYZ bad thing in their pocket all the time, connected to all kinds of sins and degradation at will and our kids also, and it's going to be used for indoctrination of, yeah, we would have been scared of that. But look at the use that it brings to your day on a daily basis. So with everything, it's like it's like fire. You know, it can warm your house or burn it down. It depends on how you use it. And AI is very much that way. So don't run from it, run toward it. So you won't be caught off guard by it because it's literally going to be in everything in a, in a very short amount of time. And the changes that are coming and that it's bringing, if the internet, if you thought the internet was fast compared to say radio or the printing press, then you literally can't mentally fathom the rate of exponential change that artificial intelligence is right now bringing to our culture, to our efficiency levels, to our productivity, and even our uh, even the threats to um, our own personal security at multiple levels. Yeah, and Smitty, you and PJ are, are probably the two smartest people I know when it comes to artificial intelligence. You don't get out much. Technology, that sort of thing. So that's why I'm so excited to be a fly on the wall and let you guys roll. And uh, so let me just say something to our listeners as well. We love giving product away. So make sure that you leave a comment and you'll get entered into a drawing for free product. But also don't miss this. If you share today's link, you're going to get double entry into the drawing. And we're going to be giving away two nights hotel and a registration to the Disciple Leaders Conference in April. And that's going to be in Nashville. Our discipleship team is going and we would love for to take one of you with us to that conference. Like I said, you'll get free registration, and we'll give you two nights hotel for that. So make sure that you uh, comment and share. PJ, you want to jump in with our first question? Well, yeah, I was just going to say they'd get a water bottle, but then you went all with the hotel. So that Boom. was quite the amp up of uh, we'll have to communicate more ahead of time. That's a great prize, and we are looking forward to that conference, and uh, you've been involved in it with uh, for years, and and so have I. And so it's a really great one that's that's home. And so one thing that Scott Smith and I share in common is that we love to um, advance the gospel through technology. And so both of us prior to the mission board uh, did IT. And so I was the IT director at several of my churches and also did discipleship and worked with singles. And so very much like two different hats, like what Scott did with evangelism. And so when you live in both of those worlds, you, you start to connect where technology and advancing the gospel come together, where it's scary, where it's not, um, and all those things. And um, and so, you know, Scott, what we want to do is we want to start off with the definitions, right? Tell us a little bit about what AI is. Um, you know, give us maybe an example of how that works, and I'd love to chime in on that as well. And, you know, when I was reading through all of your comments online, uh, this person, Sarah Connor, kept, like, posting everywhere to be, uh, you know, just be weary of what it is, maybe don't thought. So maybe you can speak to her, too. Yeah, I'm getting text messages from random people saying, kill Skynet, you know, stuff like that. I did make a joke in the first video I did. I was, I was like, you know, this is the point in history where in the movie they send the guy back from the future to kill whatever this thing is to save humanity. 
we're there right now. And we're probably actually past that point. We're going to look at some of that. Artificial intelligence mainly is machine learning, the ability to um, incentivize a machine to learn certain things a certain way, to reward it when the right, it, or, you know, to check its its yes box when it gets a right answer and then no when it gets an incorrect answer. And it's kind of interesting to interact with this artificial intelligence even now because you see the flaws in the intelligence. It does get things wrong. It even apologizes like a human <laughs> when that happens, and uh, and it can correct itself. It's, it's, it's quite an amazing phenomenon to watch. Um, but it is, it is a form of intelligence. Uh, I read an article last week, and this is based on a major report that just came out from some of the creators, you know, at this point, it's it's less something that they are creating and generating and more about something they are observing as it evolves. In other words, machine learning is exponential in and of itself. ChatGPT um, is the, the one that everybody knows about because it's free, it's open, it's out there for the world to try, and it's like chatting in a text box. We're going to look at it in a minute with a human being. But But what's interesting about it right now is I mean, they've they've unleashed something that OpenAI is the company that has done this mainly. Um, after an eight billion dollar investment from Microsoft, they're like a forty billion dollar company and growing. Um, but they have unleashed something here that has the ability to take on um, thinking processes and grow in a in an intelligence in a way that's that that again can be observed just as it unfolds. And uh, and as one example. Um, it's passing a lot of tests when it comes to theory of mind. So when you talk about theory of mind, what does it mean to have a mind? What does it mean to be uh, able to think? Well, a lot of those old traditional, you know, again, boxes you'd have to check in order to pass that test of having a mind. What they're projecting for artificial intelligence down the road, it's already happening now. They're, it's passing those tests many times at an adult level, outpacing the intellect of human children by far, and uh, and able to hold different ideas. For instance, uh, artificial intelligence is now able. This gets a little scary. Uh, gets to it, it can it can understand, for instance, something that is in its reality, and at the same time, have a good idea of what you think that it is. So, for instance, it can they can present to uh, artificial intelligence. This is a bag. It has popcorn in it. But on the bag, there's chocolate written, and it's shaped in a certain way that it it might be chocolate, it might be popcorn, and and you can you can help artificial intelligence know that in that bag is popcorn, but with a high rate of accuracy, it can guess what a human thinks is in the bag. So I want you to think about that: the ability to hold two concepts at one time, one internal and one objectively around another person what they may be thinking at the same time. I mean, that's, this is complex uh, thought processing, right? Let me, and let me jump in there because um, it is like, it's very complex, but, but a good way to also remember technology is, is everything's an X and an O. Like everything comes back down to code and it actually goes back to punch cards. So punch cards put a man on the moon. So when you go back to how technology doubles, it sounds pretty intense where it's at, but things are going to double. It's called Moore's Law. Moore's Law is about every two years, it's going to double in how much it is. That's why, um, man, at one point, these smartphones, we, we couldn't get a new one quick enough every year. Right. We're like, go faster, go faster. And now people are saying, 
I could hold on to my smartphone for a few years. You know, it's expensive, it works. And so Moore's Law says at some point there's a tipping point where this doesn't really double as much as the reward is. And so just continue on on what you're talking about, but just reminding our our users, this has happened before and it's been happening for decades. You know, even yes. before Jesus walked the earth, we were doubling that Moore's Law was there. So go ahead. Yeah, ab absolutely. But because because AI has the ability to, it's it's not, it doesn't necessarily have to sit there and wait for a human on on it. They can set it on the course of machine learning and in, in industry, for instance, and it it just goes ad infinitum. And so so here's some major questions like that were asked of the CEO. Will will AI add to our body of knowledge primarily? Is that its function? No, it's actually not. He will say, um, AI doesn't really probably add to our body of knowledge. It helps humans do much more quickly and more efficiently what humans are already doing. Now, if if part of that is research and, and, and analysis, they can do it so much faster with AI's help now that, yeah, it will seem like our knowledge, our base of knowledge is growing exponentially, and it probably will will in some ways because we are now assisted by AI. Yeah. Oh, okay, I'm jumping in. I'm sorry, because that's a really good example of that is that pastor you and I were talking about who's over in Lilburn, and I'm visiting, and we're doing a facility assessment, and he just casually mentions that he's using AI to translate live to his Hispanic congregation. And so what he's done is he's allowed everybody to worship in one room together. And and Matt is is using this AI to advance the gospel. So all you need is a cell phone and some earbuds. And next thing you know, you're hearing the whole service in up to 25 languages transcribed instantly and captured. So that's where we say, where does that specifically what you just said is that? It's a, it, we can we do that right now as humans, absolutely, but we can't do it within two seconds, right? It takes about five, 10 seconds right. to translate and those kind of things. So yeah, that's like an X factor example. Yeah. The, use a stray Tower of Babel analogy. I mean, the, the language barrier is going to be gone soon. I mean, we'll be, we'll be speaking to each other in real time across multiple languages with instant translation in our, in our earbuds. Like it's going to be a thing. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, those are the ways. I think I think what we can't fathom right now is the level at which industries are going to be jumping and are jumping on this using OpenAI's open source backbone to plug into to feed their products, to feed their innovations. And that was going to show up in everything from your car to your thermostat to your smartphone to, I mean, there's going to be a short amount of time wherein we're going to have a personal AI. And it's going to be trained to our emails and our workflows and our schedules and our, and, and, and you'll probably need one. Why? Because people are using AI to come up with very innovative ways to hack your accounts and to hack your personality and to hack your social and to clone your face and put them in the wrong situations that may damage your reputation. So you're going to have to have AI just scanning your stuff all the time just to you know, keep up with the potential attacks coming from the outside. Cybersecurity at a national level is uh, having to do the same thing. You know, you, you better believe China is using AI to try to get in and steal our intellectual capital or, you know, someone else maybe try to take down our, our, you know, our power grids or whatever. And if they're using AI to do it, we've got to use AI as defense, right? I mean, these things are, it's going to work its way into everything. And then, of course, the conspiracy comes from, well, can my AI be hijacked? Whose hands, who has the back end of that AI that I'm using or I'm renting or I'm paying for a monthly subscription 
Can the government have access to that? And now they know all my thoughts and they know my political views and they know, you know, and then AI's predictive power on what are my next steps? How would I respond to X, Y, Z? You know, AI is being trained much like the Oracle in the matrix to guess with high accuracy, the human, again, the human and the anticipation of human response. What are our choices and things like that? What are yeah, the things that, they've discovered good, now? Yeah, yeah sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm just jumping in because I'm excited. Sorry, I'm nerding out with you. And so sure. gets the watch. All right. So when we were on the, um, um, you know, virtual reality, how do we use that for ministry? There were moments in that where even my wife is like, I don't see it. Like, how would that ever matter? And I'm like, well, think about never going to the grocery store again. And all you do is just put on these heads and it's like you're in the grocery store. It's not a pick list on a on an app, you're actually immersed in it. And then she's like, oh, well, that makes sense. I'm like, we'll get there. And so those kind of environments, that's where we did. So what you're just saying now is like, we're already using AI and there's already been that for a long time. And some of us are weirded out by the the echo in the room and, and what it's used for and how it's used for. And then there's people like me that I'll just be honest, I embrace all that stuff on the front end. I'm like, give it to me if it makes my life. So when I pull up to the house, man, my garage opens, these seven lights kick on and we're doing music upstairs. When I wake up in the morning, I say, good morning. And lights come on, the fan by the bed goes off. I mean, people be weirded out at my house. In fact, when my in-laws are here and we're not here, they just unplug stuff from the wall. They just can't, they, I don't know what to say out loud. I'm scared. It's everywhere. And so that's really a version of this. Uh, but soon you won't have to tell it what to do. It's already it's going to get there, right? So go, go ahead, Scott uh, uh, Sullivan. It's, yeah, please. Well, I got a, I got a practical question, Smitty. And, and PJ, I'd love to get your thoughts on this as well. So we're, we got cautions. I mean, we know that there's some negative parts of this, but but I'm clearly there are some, some positive aspects to it. So think specifically for the discipleship leader, the disciple maker. It could be pastor. Could well, be let's, do, let's do that. And, 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 you know, Sully, you're right. I mean, we, we could stay on the bad stuff all day. The, the threats are there. They're real. And and we have to understand that. It's just be aware. And and I'll give you one, for example. I'm about to interact with Chad GBT here. Understand that this is a human creation, and they are telling it not to do certain things. For instance, if I put into this thing, tell me how to make a pipe bomb, it's not going to do it right? It's, it may even flag me and say, look, if you keep asking questions like that, you're going to, we're going to kick you out. I'm paying the $20 a month version. So I'm not even free anymore here. Uh, I, I'm just talking about, you know, it's locked down on some certain, well, who told it to do that? Humans, humans have given it certain biases against entertaining certain inputs and prompts. Well, the same thing can happen across all kinds of spectrums, right? So if you say, uh, Hey, tell me how to vote, vote, Republican or Democrat, what's best for the future of America? It'll give you some ambivalent answer that somebody told it to give, right? Basically, you should study the issues for yourself. You need to decide how to vote. But but at one point in the iteration, I don't know if it's still the true or not, early, if you were to say, um, should abortion be illegal or legal? It would argue for the legality of abortion. Now, if I were to say, uh, pretend there's two people having a conversation, Angie and Patty, Angie's pro-life, Patty is pro-choice, argue both sides of the debate. It would give you a very fair debate on both sides. So you, you're looking at it going, wait a minute, you know the pro-life argument pretty well, but yet if I give you an open-ended question, you lean toward the left. You will see biases in the system. But what I've found up to date is that generally with the Bible, generally with Scripture, it's pretty faithful. 
So if I were to say, summarize Romans 1, okay? It's going to give me a summary of Romans chapter 1 that is faithful enough that honestly, you could probably share the gospel with someone directly from the summary in a way that they could understand and be saved. Just Thanks, all of it summary. So what about, because I, I guarantee you we're going to have pastor leaders on there that are thinking, okay, could this help me with Bible study or the preparation of a sermon? Yes. So so it's a little slow right now for whatever reason. And, and you've got to understand this thing went to a million users in five days. All right. I think now it's at, I don't know, 40 million users was last count. I think it's off the chain. Uh, and, and normally when, and it could be Zoom slowing this down as well, but uh, normally this thing spits out long paragraphs in seconds, in seconds. But if you wanted to do a Bible study, you go to new chat. And, and I like the fact that they silo the chats because it's like interacting with a human. If I'm interacting with PJ on a chat box like this, I don't have to remind him of what I just said. I would just say, hey, tell me more about that. Hey, go deeper on what you said in number two. And he'll elaborate. Well, it's like that with chat GPT, okay? You can, you can ask it to go deeper and it'll go deeper without having to restate your whole question. You can get in a conversation like this. So let me give you an example. We could say, uh, give me the top uh, scriptures. And now you, you have to say from the Bible, because early on you could say, give me the best scriptures on this, scriptures on that, and it would give you Bible scriptures. Because conventional wisdom, conventional belief is, oh yeah, when you say scriptures, you mean Bible. I've noticed now, if you just say scriptures, it gives you something from the Quran, something from the Hindu, you know, it's all over the map. Um, and so you have to say from the Bible on parenting, let's say parenting and child rearing. Okay. So let's let it do that. So several scriptures in the Bible, here's some that are often quoted. Now let's just kind of let it fill that out. And, uh, and, and you say, well, I know some of these by heart. Well, that's, that's great. Um, okay. It's stopped there. That's unusual. Give me five more. So uh, it said several, and normally it would have given me several because I've, I've done this exercise before, or, or one similar. I've done one on marriage, and it kind of does the same thing. So it's given me these scriptures, uh, as, as you can see. Make it zoom in a little bit. Okay, here are five. Okay, now I would say, okay, I like these. Um, a right, uh, watch this, right, uh, a, a possible outline for a mini course on parenting sorry using these the the uh uh verses you gave and i'll give you some more uh prompting tips because here's what you're already understanding the more the, the better the prompt the better the result the better the prompt the better the result the new industry that is already burgeoning out of this is called prompt engineering. Companies are, are hiring prompt engineers to come up with very complex prompts that get more out of artificial intelligence. So the more specific you are, the better. And so as a result, this is what happens. So I said, write a possible outline for a mini course on parenting. Here we go. Here's a possible outline titled Parenting with Biblical Wisdom, Course Overview. This mini course is designed to by the way, this is original content, all right? Original content. 
This mini course is designed to provide parents with practical guidance on how to raise children according to God's ways using key scriptures from the Bible as a foundation topics. Cover will be discipline, instruction, obedience, love, and responsibility. Session one, introduction to biblical parenting. I will read all this. Overview of key scriptures on parenting and child rearing. Importance of raising children according to God's ways. Discussion of the challenges that parents face today. Session two, training and discipline. Here's these two scriptures, teaching them to live according to God's ways and the role of discipline in shaping character, discipline strategies that align with biblical principles, understanding the purpose of discipline and how to use it effectively. Is this good stuff? Yeah. Yeah. And and there and where you're getting at is um is what we've always used a, a concordance or a commentary for or something like that. Put it in that saying, don't put it in this is gospel. Don't do that. Because no. we know you've already wrote it in the chat. We're not saying that. Nobody's saying that. But when Logos starts using the same technology to help us build original sermons, now you're seeing where they could apply that because you can take content and process and come together and say, this is what it is. And and so now some of us are going to say, we love our uh, paperbacks, right? I, I want my commentary and I want that too. And I'm like, I, so do I. Can you show me an unrevised version one Broadman, the red backed one? Oh, they're hard to find, aren't they? Because we had to, we had to do the revised version. I think there was a book burning maybe back then. I don't know all the history, but the point is, is that even paper books get revised. Even paper books are having to go in, and they're going to have to constantly do. The same thing happens with this. The medium is different, but the application is still the same. God's word is God's word. It doesn't change. But how can we apply this in a different way? You know, going in here and saying, could you apply this to uh, someone who's age twenty to twenty-five as a parent? Well, yeah. the national statistics are there's not a lot of parents at that age, so it would be a little skewed. They're normally 30 to 35. So being able to refine it a little bit would would be good. This isn't a Google search, and I think y'all are seeing that. This isn't just a keyword search for the word child, which is what we do on Bible Gateway on Saturday nights when we're trying to add something else. This is really more organic than that. It is. It is. One of the, one of the strategic prompts that you can give is— um, uh, personas. So early it was discovered, um, for instance, someone said on a podcast, I heard this, they said, Hey, chat GPT, um, write a movie script describing the future of AI in the style of Quentin Tarantino using our three names. And it wrote a, a screenplay script, a short one. They're all pretty much the kind of entries you see here are about as long as you're going to get. And it was it was with that edgy Quentin Tarantino style mm-hmm. the language because it won't it won't produce any bad language, and so um, and so it did that. So you can say, all right, pretend you're a marriage coach, a Christian marriage coach. Give me three tips on uh, how to create uh, more connection and communication in marriage, and it'll write it that way. Uh, you know, pretend you are a whatever. And it brings that to the table across multiple industries and it determines the output. So there's hmm. writing style outputs, there's uh, expertise outputs based on what you assign it to be or do. And so that's kind of a hack. Another thing is if you were to, if, if, if a major book exists, such as, I don't know, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, it probably knows about it and it'll summarize, summarize it for you. In the Christian world, you may say something like, summarize uh, Wayne Grudem's uh, 
doctrine of the the sovereignty of God. Okay, and it, and it'll give you it'll give you a quick summary. All right, so the 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 book's not near you. You're traveling. You're just wanting to kind of get the summary, and you're just wanting to pull it into your Bible study. It knows who Grudem is. It knows that textbook, and it knows how to quickly give a summary. And if you were to say, um, "Give me more on election according to Grudem," it's gonna it's gonna do that. As a matter of fact, look how look how it wrote the first sentence. Wayne Grudem's doctrine of election is closely tied to his broader understanding of the sovereignty of God. Like it knows where we've already been in the conversation. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And that, and that is, um, like cliff notes on steroids. Everybody remember that I'm, I'm yeah. old enough and young enough that <laughs> I bought the grapes of wrath cliff notes and still passed the test without doing the book. So you can see where some of the dangers come in and how, how you could use it for good, for good and bad, but something like, uh, Wayne Grudem's right. We're talking thousand pages, thick book, something oh, that'd be hard to go grab. Right. But being able to grab a part of that, then go grab the book and go and go deeper into it and um you know um shameless book plug for dr steve parr right here all right thank you guys are are big fans of him and so we'll have to make sure chap gpt knows that giants kings and psalms coming out it's a really really good book but scott um uh sullivan tell us a little bit about you know what are you thinking through your your mind and um you know what's a cajun what's a cajun think of this well uh, so here's my here's my thought gentlemen i was just today on Fox News, there was a news report, and they're talking about the Pope, and they have this picture of the Pope in a giant white puffy jacket, and it's been spread all over, and everybody's like, oh, he's lost his mind. He's going culturally cool. He's wearing this big puffy jacket, but it was created by AI, and that, that was the intro to the news story of how AI is affecting all people, and it, and it made a statement it said 80% of every industry and business will be affected. A minimum of 80% will be affected by AI moving forward from this day forward. And what, so it just reminded me that, you know, this isn't one of those things that, <clears throat> you know, sometimes you can head your, hide your head in the sand, as, like, act like it's not real, it's not going on. But the truth is we've got to figure out how to interact with this. And Smitty, so one of my concerns is, you know that when we prepare Bible studies or sermons, the development of that sermon is also character development within me. So, right. So, like one of my cautions as just fear, a little fear, a little not knowing what's going on, is that maybe within myself or those who would, might use this in ministry settings, that this might replace some of the character development, some of the just the hard work. That is that it takes to do ministry well. So, any thoughts from either one of you guys on that as we get ready to to wrap this up? Yeah, and uh, and I was just pulling up one more thing real quick. I want to show you because, um, um, and I want to answer your question. I'm not dodging it by any stretch. I just think that, you know, we we need to understand that um, this is going to get married up to a lot of things, and it's going to increase the temptation of exactly what you're talking about in terms of losing the edge when it comes to just barreling down and doing the good, wholesome, hard work yeah. of discipling people. Um, AI, as you would guess, is going to be married to action, to things like in the real physical world. 
you're going to see, for instance, right now they're 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 beta testing a human-free McDonald's in Texas, where order to takeout the whole way, the whole process, there's no human contact. You go in, you order, you walk out with your food, and you've never interacted with a person at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to see, you know, robotics on the line at um, you know car manufacturers in the factory, those kinds of things. And and already for ChatGPT, they just announced that they're adding plugins. So now, for instance, when you say to ChatGPT, "Hey, I want to lose fifty pounds in the next nine months," um, give me the plan and give me the meals, and it gives you the plan and it gives you all the meals, and then you say, "Give me the ingredients for those meals." For instance, it's going to add those ingredients to your instant cart, right? So you can have them delivered to your door. That's just an example. They're integrating with Zapier and, and, you know, we use Zapier a lot already for a lot of the automations that we do at the mission board, where one system that's totally separate product from another system can talk to each other. So when they sign up on this thing, they automatically get added to this thing. When they're, they're going to, they're going to have a Zapier plugin for chat GPT so that things get triggered, things begin to happen. Maybe first digital. Yep. But eventually, I mean, food showing up on your door is a physical thing, right? Um, and and so that's, that's coming. I want you to be aware that that is around the corner. So I, it's up to the individual to think, am I being strengthened by this in a, in a healthy, wholesome way? Or is this nudging me over into lethargy and passivity? And And by the way, that should be a question for any of us, any of us anyway, even when it comes to how much time we're spending scrolling versus how much time we're spending praying. Like these are basic discipleship questions anyway, but because work becomes easier, um, whatever work you're in, especially if you're writing and you're creating curriculum and you're, you're planning and all these sort of things, this should be much more like a personal assistant type of role to you as a driven denominational leader or, or not don, discipleship leader who's trying to get God's work done, your calling fulfilled, right? And now you just found a way to pour gas on that fire because you've got this, for the same reason you're you're not washing your own clothes with a knuckle buster like they did 150 years ago, right? You don't have to spend all that time on laundry. You don't have to spend all that time, you know, cutting the grass with a manual weed whacker you, you get a you get a big 360 lawnmower to say what does it do it puts time back in your life so you can do higher level thinking planning creative work and that's really what this comes down to so you you need you need to ask yourself the question am i am i getting lazier in my job because i can just put in a few prompts and get this output that used to take me four hours or am i getting that same output so that i have four hours freed up to work on things that can never be outsourced to artificial intelligence, things that are innate to spiritual work and the uniqueness of soul that God has made me. Look, I, you know, I spent a lot of time preaching, preparing sermons, preaching sermons. There is no AI yet, and I don't believe ever, that can deliver to me what I'm putting together in my study and delivering on a, on a Sunday or on a Tuesday night, or like tonight. There's nothing that can do that. That's something that comes out of a a connection with the Lord and and a connection to your calling and a uniqueness 
with a, that is just as unique as your own fingerprint that cannot be duplicated or replicated by anything in the artificial world of man-made innovations. It just can't. And I don't think it'll ever be able to. And nothing in scripture or Daniel or Revelation implies that, right? Uh, God still raises up and uses his prophets and his teachers and his all the fivefold everything. He, your, your calling's not going away. Now, your job at McDonald's might go away, but, but your calling and your job and role as a disciple maker is not going away. That's good. That's good. PJ, any final thoughts? Yeah, uh, AI will never be the Holy Spirit to wrap that up and uh, kind of a little bow on that. But, you know, um, I just, you know, even with the virtual reality talk, we talked about like how does 88% of our churches are single staff by vote. And so anything we can do to gain back time is a huge deal. So I think that is something to be on the lookout for, whether you're an early adopter or a late adopter, everybody's different in technology that way. But um, I, I would say just look for A, you can get it back. And two, how do you how do you advance the gospel? Man, um, I went on a mission trip to Macau. And so you re, you memorize the phrases, right? When you go over, so I can say, mien fein tsonke mi, this is a free gift I give to you. And I can remember that for almost 18 years ago that I went. And the reason why is I memorized it, but there might be a day where I put on some glasses and I walk down the streets of Macau and I have a full conversation with somebody, not just put a book in their hand. And so I guess... Scott, where I, where I get emotional and I get excited is that I might be able to interact with more people. It's about a relationship. Yes. All, all this is going to move back to a relationship. How does this advance discipleship? Because I can sit here and you can talk in your tongue and I can talk in my tongue and we can, we can understand each other. And that, that really, really excites me uh, just to see that the gospel could be shared more freely that way. Um, and we know that there are risks. But but let's lean into it, just like we did the internet and Zoom and streaming and breaking Facebook when the pandemic broke out. I mean, let's lean into it with the gospel first, and uh, and then within everything, have self control. So there you go. That's a good thought. And friends, we want to hear from you. We know some of you have thoughts on AI, how it might be used, some cautions or concerns that you have. Please drop that in the chat. We would love to know, hear from you, and we'll continue to interact with you even when the broadcast is done. And I want to leave you with a thought because our decisions as disciple makers and ministry leaders, they're either going to earn interest or bring debt. They're going to help us or cost us. So my prayer is that you will take this discussion, that you will digest this and let it help you do what God's called you to do, but not hurt you in that process. And to summarize a few thoughts that I've heard from PJ and Smitty is be specific as possible at, for, with your request or your prompt when using AI, if you choose to use it, always vet the response that comes from AI for accuracy to make sure you don't want to trust it. Make sure that you vet it. And then the third thing, always use AI with boundaries that can help you win, help you share content with integrity, and that will help you maximize gospel impact. That's why we're talking about this. Any tool, any innovation that may help us, we want to put that in front of you and we pray that it will help as you move forward. P.J. Dunn, Scott Smith, thanks for sharing today and being on with this incredibly innovative topic. Glad to do it, man. Thanks for having me. Enjoyed it. Have fun. Lana Melton, John Graham, thanks for producing. And I want to remind our listeners we're only able to do this because you give to the cooperative program. So thanks for doing that. And I pray that today's discussion with P.J. and Smitty will equip you to think deeply, invest purposefully, and dream big as we make world-impacting disciples. 
Thanks for listening. We want to continue the conversation from today's broadcast in a learning community near you. These learning communities are designed to celebrate your biggest wins, resource your greatest need, and help you finish well. We also want to give you a free gift, the five discipleship shifts most churches need to make to produce world-impacting disciple makers. You can download this resource by going to ministryboom.com. This five-page PDF is a discipleship alignment checklist. The Georgia Baptist Mission Board is able to provide resources like this because of gifts from Georgia Baptists to the cooperative program. For more information on this broadcast and a customized discipleship plan for your church, visit gabaptist.org discipleship. Engage with us on your time through Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and all podcast platforms. Lastly, if you've benefited from this conversation today, please share this with a friend as we seek to help churches make world-impacting disciple makers.